I want to make this statement that I am not teaching this to give you information. I'm sharing this from my heart so that we not only know the truth, but become doers of the truth. If we don't practice what we heard, we will not benefit from it. Can I hear an amen? amen? So many of you may know from scripture that we are supposed to give thanks to God. But maybe you're not practicing it. And if you only know and don't practice, you will never benefit from it. The word is preached so that the word will liberate people because the word has the power. Now you need to know why you do these things and what God expects and how God works. That's why we are going through this teaching and I will take my time to be able to establish this truth, not just in your head, but also in your heart so that you and I can benefit from this teaching. Can I hear an amen? amen. All right. So we're talking about the power of thanksgiving. Or, okay. Now, in Psalm 92, verse 1 and 2, look at what it says. Psalm 92, verse 1. It is a what thing? Can you display that, please? On the, on the, if you've got your Bibles, open it up, please. It is a good thing. Everybody say, good thing. It, yeah, that's right. Good. It's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. It's good. That means God likes it. Everybody say, thank you, Jesus. Say it again. Say it again. Hallelujah. I remember once that uh, when, I don't know who was sharing it, but it seems Bishop Oedipo and um, that wonderful man of God, what's his name, Miles Monroe, were traveling in a car once. And uh, at the end of the journey, Miles Monroe, I think, said, Dr. Monroe said to Bishop, do you know how many times you said, thank you, Jesus? He said, no. He said, you never stopped. Something like that. You know, I'm paraphrasing this. So why does God favor men like that? Because they're men of gratitude. It's not repeating saying, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, like a parrot. But it's coming from the heart, from the depths of our heart. So we need to learn and train our inner man and subject our soul and our flesh to become obedient to the spirit man. If you understand the goodness of God, the grace of God, and all the things that God has done for us, we cannot thank him enough. If you agree, say amen. So, but most often we don't do that. So we don't benefit. What you have to understand is these are truths that God is wanting us to understand. Because sometimes when you read it, well, it's a nice saying. No, it's a mystery. It's a weapon. It's, it's something that God is giving to us to help us to live the life that he wants us to live. How do you live the blessed life? How do you overcome the enemy? These are all keys and weapons that we have to learn. So we have to learn to maintain an attitude of gratitude at all times. No matter what you're going through. Because the underlying truth is this. God is a good God. All in agreement, say that with me. Come on, say it a few times. Say it again. Maybe you have experienced loss in something. Maybe you lost somebody in your family. Maybe something, you had a bad report from the doctor. Or whatever has happened. Remember, God is not the author of that. 
God is a good God. Every good gift, what gift? What gift? Good gift comes from the Father of lights. God is in the business of blessing His people. God is not in the business of cursing His people, causing pain to His people, causing loss to His people. But the world tries to impress upon us. And people who do not know God try to impress upon us that if God is truly a God of love, why are you going through what you're going through? You know, sometime, I, just a few days ago, I was talking to someone. I said, listen, sometimes it's not even the devil. It is the foolish decisions that I have made that cause the, these problems that I'm facing right now. But we tend to turn around and always blame it on somebody else. It started with Adam. Right? He never took responsibility. He tried to blame Eve. See, if only, I believe, if only Adam had taken responsibility and said, Lord, I made a mistake, I think it would have been an entirely different story today. Listen to what I'm about to say. Adam shifted the blame to who? Eve shifted the blame to who? Who did the Satan shift the blame to? Nobody. He accepted it, so he became the Lord. Think about it. He took responsibility, so he became the Lord of this world. Don't try to shift responsibility. Take responsibility. Understand that it is my foolish decision that has landed me where I am today. If it's a good one, I'm enjoying life. If it's a foolish one, because of pressure, because of Lust. When I say lust, I'm not just talking about the sexual part. I'm talking about lusting for anything. Lust of the eye. I like that thing, so I buy it. I buy it on what? In debt. I get into debt. And then I end up losing it. And then I start blaming God. I get it because I have a lust to have it. And so I go and apply for loan. And I cheat everything on the documents. And I get the thing that I want. But over a period of time, I'm not able to repay what happens. But the day they sanction the loan, nobody knows how you got it. But you'll stand over here and give a testimony. God bless me with this flat. God bless me with this car. And then a few months later, you don't say anything. And you don't even own anything. But you turn around and try to blame God. It was not God who was leading you. It was lust that was leading you. Somebody talk to me. So many times it's the pressure from outside, the desire to prove that you're somebody, and to make people, to impress people, we make certain decisions. To fulfill our desires, we make certain decisions. And based on that, we seem to possess it, but along with it comes leanness of heart. And then we turn around and blame God. But let me tell you something. God is a good God. He never plans anything bad for us. He says, I have a plan for you. I don't plan evil. Amen. Every one of us that is born, is born with a destiny in mind, in God's mind. And none of those destinies are for evil or for defeat 
or for loss. You might go through those periods, but you'll never end there because he said, you are more than a conqueror. That is the destination. So I have to have, I have to have my life established on certain truths. I may go through an experience which is a temporary experience, but let not the temporary experience that I'm going through change my mindset, change my belief system, and impact me to the point where I begin to blame God and question God and, you know, and, and, and talk bad about the Lord, talk bad about the church, talk bad about God's leadership. No. But learn something today. It's a good thing to give thanks to God. You're not doing anything bad. You're not wasting your time. It's a good thing to give thanks to God and to sing praises unto His name, O Most High. Hallelujah. Oh, praise be to His name. God loves when we give thanks to Him because He sees the heart from which it comes. So no matter what you're going through right now, if you're still alive and breathing, and you have life ahead of you, you may be in a pit right now, you can begin to thank Him. Why? The pit is only a temporary place. You are destined for the palace. But how you respond in the pit determines whether you will be in the palace or remain in the pit. Simple as that. How do you respond to God? How do you respond to people? How do you respond to your circumstances? These are very important things that we have to learn. So, no matter what it is, the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, in everything, come on, come on everybody, read that with me. In everything, stop. In how many things? Everything. When you lose your job, when you're demoted, when you're ignored and somebody with less experience is promoted, legitimately it is your time to be promoted. But they've done some things and they've cooked up some things in the back and they've somehow bypassed you and you know how you will feel when that happens. Am I right? You'll feel agitated, you'll feel angry, and sometimes that anger is turned toward God and said, God, if you're truly a just God, why would you do this? Because there is something more God has to do in your life. You're not yet qualified in His eyes for the promotion. You may be qualified for the promotion as far as the natural world is concerned, but if you are promoted right now, it might destroy your future. So God will, will, will withhold that so that when you are ready in the, in, in, you know, as a person in the spirit and in the soul, then God says, this is your time for promotion. Somebody talk to me. Hallelujah. So in everything, no matter if you've lost something or you failed in your exam, it is not easy to say, thank you, Jesus. You've gone there, you've passed all rounds of interviews as the last one, and then you were rejected. You did not. You've been waiting, you've been praying, you've been sowing seed, and you've done everything you know and didn't work out. What do you do? Why God? Why? 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 Should not be the response. Are you with me? That's not the response that is expected. 
Lord, I don't know what happened. I don't know where I missed you. I don't know what, has, what really transpired. But in spite of everything and all that I know, I want to say thank you. Because I am not a nobody. I'm a child of God bought with the blood of Jesus. I am the apple of your eye. And I'm somebody that you've carved me, carved me on your palm. And you said in your word, you know me, know me by name. So Father, I know that this is only a temporary setback. Glory be to God. This is only a temporary loss. This is only a temporary challenge. I know my end is not here. I know I'm passing through something. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. You know, when you're flying, sometimes it can become very turbulent. And when it's turbulent, and sometimes it's not the clouds, it's a very clear sky, and you don't see anything, you can see, you can actually see from 30,000 feet, you can actually see the ground, you know, it's very clear, but it's so turbulent, it'll shake the whole plane up. And uh, when you're going through that, you know, you, you feel a bit nervous, you know, uh, but most people who know flying, they're not nervous at all. Because what they say is you're passing through a jet stream. A jet stream coming through. And so it's not going to be for the entire time of your flight. It's only a small space of time where the flight, your aircraft is passing through a jet stream. Are you with me? But that's not your destiny. Your destiny is not to die because of the turbulence. Are you with me, everybody? So there will be turbulent times you will face in life. Get ready. That's why he said, you will have tribulation. Let's put it this way. You will have turbulence. Don't be surprised. You know, uh, in the early days when, when the A380 was introduced, it was the biggest aircraft, right? And prior to that, we were traveling mostly in 777s. And so when the 380 came, there was a talk that, uh, you know, it was so big that it will not, you know, no turbulence will affect it. So well, the first couple of flights I was flying, I said, man, this is great, no, no turbulence. Then all of a sudden, the whole plane is shaking. <laughs> you know. And if you look down, it's all sea. <laughs> and you can, you, you, you can understand what goes through your mind and your heart, you know, at that time. <laughs> So, you know, no, it doesn't matter how big the plane is, the power of the wind is so strong that it can shake it up, man. It can really rock everything. Just the other day when we were flying, it shook so bad that the air hostess that was standing right beside me with some plates in her hand, she threw them on the side and sat down, jumped into the seat and belted. It was so bad. And uh, the pilot said, everybody, including the crew, take seats. When the pilot says that, it means it's serious. <laughs> so all I'm saying is, sometimes what we go through can be very serious turbulence. But that's not your destiny. So don't start blaming the aircraft. Don't start blaming the pilot. Because the pilot is doing his best to, you know, to move from one altitude to another. Because sometimes some altitudes have much stronger winds. So it brings it down. Or sometimes they're given direction to go up. And whatever they do. You know, but... The pilot is doing everything he can to stabilize the aircraft. Are you with me, everybody? So the Lord is with you. 
He said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. He never said, I won't let you go to the fire. He said, when you go through the fire, you will not burn. That means there will be turbulence. The plane will shake. And you will start losing hope at some times. But still, I want to remind you that in the fire, I will be with you. That means the fire will lose its power to burn you up. You may go through the waters, but you will not drown. So when I know the truth, see, this is what I'm trying to say. I'm establishing this truth. So when I'm beginning to thank God, I'm not thanking for the turbulence. I'm thanking God in the turbulence. Somebody say amen. Why? Because I know God is the one, the only one that can get me out of that situation. If I start blaming God and questioning God and doubting God, who is going to set me free? He is the one that promised, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Hallelujah. He said, I will lead you. Several times in the Bible, he said, God promised to lead us. So I'm, I'm, in, I'm encouraging you and I'm warning you that there will be times. Maybe you're going through right now a very difficult situation. Your heart is broken. And you, you're, in, you're, you're in a situation where you can't see any light shining anywhere and you feel like you're trapped into something and there is no way out. I have good news for you. In the midst of that fire, in the midst of that uh, you know, river or sea, in the midst of the waters, come on, begin to thank God and light will begin to shine. There may be no light right now. Maybe there is no hope for you right now. Maybe you cannot see how you can get out of it and everybody around you is saying, it's all over. Including your own mind is saying, you're a fool to still trust God. But if you keep staying in the Lord and maintain an attitude of gratitude and begin to thank God where there is no way. Oh, hallelujah. We're dealing with the almighty God. We're not dealing with a teeny-weeny Mickey Mouse God. We're not dealing with an idol. Something that is made with human hands. But we're dealing with the almighty God who is the creator of heaven and earth. Somebody say amen. Oh, bless the Lord. Come on. Jesus. Okay. In everything, do we, what, what do we do? Give thanks. Why? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. What is the will of God concerning me? That I always maintain an attitude of gratitude. Not only maintain an attitude, but express that in word. You cannot express genuinely in word what you do not maintain in your heart. But if I can maintain an attitude of gratitude in my heart, I can constantly and continuously say, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's a bad report from the doctor. Thank you, Jesus. It doesn't give you any hope and the doctor might actually fold his hands and say, I'm sorry, I cannot do anything more, but thank you, Jesus, because he might come to the end of his road, but God hasn't come to the end. Hallelujah. He's the one that causes the dead to come to life. Is any organ affected in your body? Is your kidney malfunctioning? Are you having a heart problem or your tummy playing up? Whatever it is, let me tell you, God is the one that created it. And he can replace it. He can either repair it or replace it. Oh, bless the Lord. Hallelujah. He's the manufacturer. Amen. 
you talk to anybody that I mean any uh, let's take let's say for example a car company okay let's take one of the car companies before they actually bring the car into the market they actually have a lot of spare parts already made because if something malfunctions they're not going to go then to the workshop to prepare another one they have the spare part ready so if you need a spare kidney this is your day how do I attract it? By faith and thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Not with an attitude of that is grumbling and saying, when will God do it? If God is God, let him do it. Let him prove to me. He doesn't have to prove anything to anybody. He is God. Period. He doesn't have to prove nothing to you and me. He is God Almighty. Come on. Don't, don't elevate yourself above God. Submit yourself to the Lord. That's what the Bible teaches. Submit to the Lord and begin to thank Him. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So, God, God's will for me. What is God's will for you? Come on. Giving thanks in everything. This is not easy. Let's, you know, it's easy when things go the way you have planned. When you have certain plans laid out, look, I have to go to the U.S., I need a visa. If the visa comes, oh, you're all excited, you'll throw a party. But if the visa is rejected, you walk out of the embassy in tears with your heart drooped down and you're wondering, why did this ever happen to me? I went and I, I was a regular attendant to the church. I never missed a Friday. I was there for the prayer meetings in the early. I gave my seed. I returned my tithe. Why did God do this? I'm not saying this to you, but to the one that says that, I say this. You short-sighted fool. God can see beyond what you can see. And he's trying to avert something that would be a calamity if you were given the visa right now. You with me? You and I were not born by accident in India. So don't try to run away unless it's God's will and plan. Come on now. I know many of you are cursing yourself that you were born in this country. God had a plan. And God is looking at you and me to do, make a difference in this nation. And you're trying to run away from this nation. No, don't. If God, well, God does displace people. I totally agree with that. I, I mean, I, and I, I have nothing against that. But most often, God doesn't want that to happen. But most often, people run away for what? A better living standard. Let me tell you, no government can give you a better living standard than God. So just because, oh, pastor, I went there. Somehow, I cross the borders over there. Then I do everything to get what? H1B. It's like entering into heaven. For many people. I'm telling you, I'm, you know, I'm not joking. This is how it is for many people. Once they get an H1B, oh my God. I've arrived. Sorry, daughter. Sorry, son. You haven't arrived nowhere. You actually may be on the wrong track. And the day they get the green card, oh my God, no. you can't stop them from making a party. Well, if it is in God, that is great. But many times we are digging our own grave 
and creating our own problems because we are pushing through doors and trying to make God do something and putting pressure on God to the point that God says, okay, you can have it. You know what God did to Israel? He said he never wanted them to have a king. But because of the pressure they created, and they desired a king. God said, you can have a king, but you're going to have a lot of trouble. And that's what we see. They, you can receive what you want, even if it is not the will of God in many instances. But the Bible says, along with it will come leanness of heart. That means you will have the money, but you can't enjoy the money. You can buy anything you want, but you can't eat it. Why? Because your heart says, if you eat, I'm going to quit on you. If you eat that, I'm not going to work for you, says your kidney. I have the money. But I can't enjoy it. Why? I'm creating my own problems. Come on, church. We have to learn to trust God. By no means am I saying it is wrong to go out of India. Okay, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that at all. Because I know... The God that I worship said to Abraham, get out of your country. But I also know the God who said to Isaac, stay put. So everyone's life is different. Some people, God will move. Some people, he will bring. Some people, he says, stay. I don't know whether most of you are a stay. Don't run away. It doesn't matter where you are. If he is with you, you can prosper. Amen. It doesn't matter where you are. Without him, you're broke. Yes. There are many broke people in many so-called rich Western countries. Who would imagine? I mean, in India, if I stay in a hotel, the hotel takes responsibility of all the articles that I leave in the room. We don't take, you know, we don't try to hide what we have when we're leaving the room. We just leave it as it is. Nobody would ever imagine somebody would rob your equipment, your bags, in a Western country. Would you? I mean, that probably if it happened in one of the third world countries... You would say, okay, because of corruption or because of they don't have enough or whatever, you know, it has happened. But on our recent trip, we lost, not lost, stolen. My, I told you, my iPad was stolen. Expensive bags, Stevens and Debbie's, expensive, real expensive stuff was stolen. Where? In Switzerland. Would you imagine that? So all I'm saying is, don't think the grass is always greener on the other side. The grass is green. Wait. He maketh me to lie down in. He. That's the key. He maketh you to lie down. It's not. He didn't say, I'll make you to lie down in green pastures if by hook or by crook you leave India. No, he didn't say that. See, we are the ones that have made borders for nations. God didn't make the borders. So wherever he has birthed us, 
let's stay there until God moves us. If he doesn't move us, that's our destiny. And we have to make the best of that place. I'm diverting a lot today, but I think you all need to hear this. You know, I said, in everything give thanks. So when things are going the way I planned, I dreamed, I desired, my business is soaring. And uh, there is joy in the family and new additions, you know, and, and children are being born and, and things are going really rosy. There, it is no challenge to give thanks to God. Correct? Not only you, even the heathen can say thank you Jesus at that time. But God said in everything. Look, I want to show you a couple of scriptures. Go to Exodus chapter 14 please. You know the Lord promised the children of Israel to take them to the promised land that flows with what? that flows with he said I he said I've given you that land that flows with milk and honey that was his plan for his people but as they set out on that journey even before they set out God proved himself that is the Almighty God through all the awesome things that he did in the land of Egypt so they were witnesses to the mighty acts of God is that correct Okay, so they now leave the nation, leave Egypt, and they're on their way. They come to the place where they're now camped by the Red Sea. Now, I want to pick up the story. In Exodus chapter 14, verse 9, please. And we'll go up to Exodus th uh, 9 to 12. Go to 9, please. Verse 9. Exodus, okay. But the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army and overtook them encamping by the sea beside Peheroth be, before Baal Zephon. Go on please. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold the Egyptian army marched after them and they were sore afraid and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. Wait a minute. Now, God had promised that he was leading them into the promised land. Remember something. When God promises great things for us in our life, they will not be automatically handed to us. You know why? Because we are not prepared yet to handle that. Watch this. All these people for 400 years were what? Slaves. Now they were going to become a nation of themselves, for themselves. And they needed to think very differently. They could not look to Pharaoh. They had to become kings and priests unto God. And they had to have a different mentality and mindset. So to, to get to that place, you have to go through the school of training. Why do we send our children to school? Because we want them to be trained that when they grow up, they can handle what comes across their, in, in, what comes across in their life. Is that right? It's not just, we don't send, send children to school only so that they can get a piece of paper that says they are promoted. That's great. See, there are so many people that are gold medalists that are still trying to find a job. 
because they're not qualified enough to handle real life situations. You know, when you go for these interviews, especially like, you know, the big corporations or even uh, when people are being, um, uh, when they apply for government high position jobs like becoming an IAS officer or IPS officer or whatever, they go through a VIVO t test. And in that interview, they pose real life questions and want you to answer to see if your mindset has changed if you have the capacity to handle that situation they don't care whether you're a gold medalist or you're passed in third class if you have you know you know if you have qualified in the written exam they call you for this exam this is an interview in that they will ask to check how sharp you are how quick you are how, can you really think on your feet to immediately take action if something came across? Are you prepared to handle the coming situations in life? That's the thing that they're looking for. It's not just the degrees. It's not just a piece of paper. As important as that is, if you want to be really successful in life, you have to know how to handle life. And that becomes, you know, if you're well educated. That's why people who copy in exams and pass are failures in life. Young people, are you listening to me? When you try to pass an exam by copying, you're not, you will not be fit for life. But when you study hard and you work hard, you're developing yourself and you're equipping yourself with knowledge that when you face situations in life, you will know how to handle them. So God is in the, in the you know, in the, uh, God is in the, in the, uh, what should I say? Program of preparing me for my ultimate destiny hallelujah hallelujah and even if you qualify and you are you excel let's say you're top qualified in the ifs ias ips exam or the vivo and you're the topmost in that ranking okay do they give you the highest position in the government no why not you're sharp no. As sharp as you are, you don't know how to handle real life. You, you have given me theoretical answers, so I will put you under other people who are better equipped and have faced life. Now work under them to get the training that is required and build yourself up so that you are qualified that tomorrow you can be promoted. Is everybody understanding what I'm saying? So that's why don't run after success. Success must come to you. Watch this. Success is not a destination. My success is determined by how much I attract to myself. That's an important statement. My level of success is determined by how much I attract things or whatever it is to my life. I don't go after them. I attract them. Why do people want to do certain favors for certain people? They've come to a level of success in life. In doing what? In providing solutions to people. In being a blessing into them. So they don't think twice when it, ha when it comes time for them to do a favor for you. You're attracting that. You're not going after that. Are you with me? So there is a process. So in the process, 
what God was doing was training them to do what? He said this, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So now, he brought them out of Egypt, but as long as they were in Egypt, all they had to do is what? Depend on who for food? Pharaoh, the government. They were trained to look to man. They were trained to look to Pharaoh for their protection from enemy forces. If they had an issue, they had to go to the government. They had no relationship with God. Although they were Abraham's seed. No, I mean, I'm talking about in the general population. There were probably there were some people that knew God because when they cried out, God heard them. I know that. So as he brought them out of Egypt, there was a program that God was putting them through. Why? He wanted them to take their eyes off of man and systems, man's systems of operation, man's system of government, and have their eyes fixed on God, who is your help in need, who is your source of everything, who is your protector, who is your supplier, who is your blesser. Somebody say Amen. So now on purpose, look what he says. This is the key. After they came out very Conveniently, everyone is a billionaire now with a lot of money, gold, raiments, expensive clothing. They camp by the sea and the Lord says, the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart and caused them to go after Israel. <laughs> Wait, it's not the devil. You getting this? It's not the devil. God has a purpose in mind. He's training us. He's equipping us. He's molding us because there is a picture he has about your future. And if you have to truly enjoy your destiny, you have to go through the process. You cannot avoid the process. They say when the little chick is coming out of the egg, it uh, breaks the shell and it struggles to come out. And if you're watching it, sometimes you will feel so bad because of the struggle and you try to help it and you break the shell you've destroyed it you know why it's only through the process of breaking it in its own strength that it develops its wings that is God's design but we think we know more than God this is the problem Oh, God is hard-hearted. Why is he making the chick to suffer when it's a little baby chick, you know? He could have easily broken the shell. No, he would have destroyed its future. So when you're going through the process, don't complain. It could be God himself who is behind that, who is causing this situation to arise so he can strengthen you, he can build you, and he can develop the right character in you and build the right spirit and soul in you so that when you pass this test, you'll go to the next one and you'll be promoted in the process. In everything, what are we supposed to do? So one of the responses you should never forget, no matter how difficult it becomes, how challenging the situation is, never stop giving thanks to God in the situation. I don't know why it happened, but Lord, I just want to say thank you. 
Because I know you know the end from the beginning. I have endeavored to go in this direction. Maybe I was making a mistake. And so you made it, may, may, maybe you don't want me to do that. I don't know. But right now, I don't, know, I don't want to try to answer the situation. All I want to do is, I want to trust you and entrust in you. I want to thank you. With me? So they come from behind, and, and when they, and they see the Egyptians, they're what? Sore afraid. That's natural. Every one of us would do that. We become afraid. But how do you respond in fear is the key. Fearing is not wrong because it's a natural instinct. When something is coming against you to hurt you, to kill you, to annihilate you, whatever, and to take, repossess you and take you back into slavery, it's but natural to be afraid. And that's what the natural response was. They feared. But what did fear birth in them? It did not birth a thanksgiving heart. They began to do what? They cried unto the Lord is okay. But the next verse explains it further. Go there. And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt with us, with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Next one. Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt? Saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than we should die in the wilderness. Can you see how short-sighted and foolish these people were? And it's easy for me to point my finger at them, but let me point the finger at myself as well. Because generally, this is our response. Did we not tell you it's not going to work? Why did you cause us to do this? You told us stories. You told us fibs. You said God speaks to you. You prophesied. You said we'll go to a land of flowing with milk and honey. Look at this land. Is there milk here? Is there honey anywhere? All I can see is salt water and death. And a desert. See, because they're seeing only with their natural eyes. They're not able to see and comprehend what God says. That's why it's so important that our spiritual eyes are always open and we can keep constantly focusing on what God said and not what our circumstances are telling us. If we are focused and bound by our circumstances, it becomes impossible to say thank you to God. But when I know what God said, that God wants me to prosper. God wants me to be the head and not the tail. He said, I'll be a lender, not a borrower. And he, God said, he will be, I will be on the top and not at the bottom. If I can see that, even though I, I have an immediate loss right now, if my business is going nose diving and things are going south, in the midst of that, I can say, thank you, Jesus, because I know that's not my destiny. That's not where I'm going to stop. God is letting me go through it. It's only a process. It's only a matter of time. I'm going through this jet stream I'm going to stabilize soon when my faith is in him and how God deals with man what's going to happen praise will come out of my heart I said thank you Lord oh thank you Jesus so complaining and murmuring is the normal response should be the normal response of an unregenerate person that does not know God but if you and I claim to know God, our response must be, thank you, Jesus. Remember something. When you are saying thank you, Jesus, it doesn't mean you have to have a smile on your face. Tears can be rolling down your cheeks. Emotionally, you are disturbed. Emotionally, you're destabilized. Emotionally, you're hurt. 
but my emotions do not, do not control my spirit man so from the depths of my heart what do I do I said thank you well God in his mercy and grace have I got time oh okay in, in his mercy and grace he delivers them creates a way there is no way they walk on dry ground they come on to the other side and now what do they do they sing and dance chapter 15 verse 1 and 2 please chapter 15 verse 1 okay then sang Moses and the children of Israel who the guys who were complainers now they're singing a song all right, sing a song unto the Lord and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he had triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. Verse 2 The Lord is my strength and song, he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him an habitation, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. Now, all this is coming after the deliverance. Easy. Anybody can do it anybody can do it look at what happens in verse 20 verse 20 of the same chapter 20 21 and Miriam and the, the prophetess the sister of Aaron took a timbrel in her hand and all the women went out after her with the timbrel and with dances so what's happening there's a dance party now they're singing unto the Lord they're glorifying God and that's great we should thank God when good things happen but you shouldn't blame God when things don't go very well Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. People ask the question, why do bad things happen to good people? Hang on, next week. <laughs> this is a good series, I'm telling you. You're going to learn a lot. Because, see, I'm taking my time. You know why? Because I want to develop a character in us. I'm not rushing to give you some head knowledge. I'm, I prayed unto the Lord and I said, Lord, help me that when I speak, when I minister, Lord, that it will transform our being, I transform our thinking, transform our hearts, that we will become not only hearers who can preach to others, but become doers of what we've heard. To thank you in every situation. Things may not happen the way I plan. I want it by a certain date. I want to achieve that. I want to go there. I want to do this. It may not happen according to your schedule. And just because it doesn't happen, don't gripe. Because God has his own schedule for us. You were not born when you wanted to be born, were you? Anybody here like that? That were, They were born because they wanted to be born on that day? Can you change your birth date? Oh, I don't like my date, eight, eight, eight. No, no, no. I like, I like, because, you know, number three is good number. So, Lord, I want to be born on third. I didn't have the opportunity to pray that prayer. I don't know if anyone of you had. But every day is a good day that you were born. Because God wanted you, to, wanted you to be born on that day. Come on now, Amen. So dates don't mean anything to me particularly. I'm a, I'm a different kind of breed, I guess. But, <laughs> but I'm just saying, listen. Look at the way they responded when there was opposition. Look at the way, the, when they, the way they responded when things were not going the way they wanted to go. 
And look at the way they responded when things went the way they desired or beyond what their desire was. And they were all delivered and their enemies were drowned. It's easy to celebrate when your opponent loses. Hallelujah. Glory be. When your business is going up and somebody else's is going down, it's easy to celebrate that. I mean, I have so much more, you know. I'm just starting. This is my, still my introduction. I'm in, and I want to take you. Man, I'm telling you, I wish I had three hours now this morning. And I was, was still would be continuing. I wouldn't be finished. <laughs> but if you go into the next chapter, I'll just give you a bare, uh, you know, understanding. If you go into chapter uh, 16, after seeing what God had done for them, and they said, did we not tell you to leave us in Egypt? Why did you bring us here to kill us? Were there not enough graves? And now God delivers them. They're all dancing and they're exalting God and they're rejoicing. And then the next thing we read is, oh man, the onions, the garlic. Oh man, we, we miss all that. It was so much better in Egypt. Nobody, ask any kid, generally any kid, they don't like to go to school. Just because they don't want to go to school, do you stop them from going to school? You'll kick. I don't like to study. Really? I don't care. <laughs> You're studying. You have to go through. So they begin to complain. And God is, and they complain. And Moses says, Lord, what do I do? God says, you know, you know there are so many different examples you will find in the book of Exodus. They come to a place and there's no water. They come to a place, the water is bitter. We'll look at all those next week. But I want to show you how people respond. And the reason I'm doing it is not to blame anybody or point my finger at the Israelites, but to point a finger at ourselves and say, where do I stand today? In the light of the understanding I'm receiving, am I truly a man or a woman that is always thankful to God or am I always blaming God?